of tonight's uh, teaching, or let's whatever you want to call it, is uh, no pain, no gain. All right? Anybody ever heard that phrase before? No pain, no gain? All right. I think we can all agree if we close our eyes and, and I say that, some, some images probably get invoked and probably think of, you know, uh, men and women standing in the gym, maybe pumping some iron. You know, it, it's, uh, it's the phrase most common, or it's the image most commonly associated with that phrase. But it's, it's pretty... It's pretty self-explanatory in that respect, you know, without the, without the pain of, of going there and, and lifting those weights and, 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 and working those muscles and the soreness that you get afterwards and, and all the things that are associated with that. Without, that. without that pain that you put in, without that effort that you put in yourself, you're not going to see the gains of continued physical fitness, of continued progress that you're going for, whether it's you go in on the treadmill and you spend that time just to kind of burn, or if you go in and lift heavy weights to try and build some muscle mass, without your effort, without effort expended on our part, and the, and the pain or the stress that we put on the body to, 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 to um, further that, we won't see the gains that we'd like to see. And if we don't put in any effort, and, you know, um, for some of us, we just continue to, to pile on the food and don't put in the effort to burn that, then we see gains, but in another way. We're not going to talk about those gains tonight. That's not what we're here to talk about. But in any case, so the Lord brought this to me, um, like I said, some time ago. And and what I want to do tonight is, yes, that's obviously what we think about the most. And the principle of that is true. But I want to bring it to us in a, in a different light, a, a different facet or aspect, if we will. So um, Brother Donald if, uh, is going to be on there with me. So uh, we're going to start, and if you have your word, go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, and we're going to go ahead and start at verse 1, and we're just going to read a little bit. Let me turn there with you guys as well. Isaiah chapter 53, and once we start reading, this is going to probably be familiar to a lot of us, but we're just going to dive into this tonight and uh, see what God wants to say to us. Starting at verse 1. Who has believed what he has heard from us. All right. Who has believed our report? Let's say that way. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he had, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, this is Isaiah talking prophetically about Jesus who would come years and years and years later. He is despised, verse 3, and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not assume him. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And finish his sentence with me, everyone. And by his stripes we are healed. Healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, talking about Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. And he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. 
And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make a soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of the soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. By his knowledge, my righteous servant, talking about Jesus, shall justify, that's us, many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death and was numbered with the transgressions. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressions. One more time, Lord, we come to you in prayer. We thank you for your word. We're going to read more of it, God, as we go on. But we thank you, Lord, for the fact, God, that we're going to flesh out here, Lord, that um, oh, what, you want to, what you want to speak to us tonight, God, about pains and, and gains. And we thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus bore on the cross, Lord, even as you inspired Isaiah Lord, hundreds of years before it would happen to write this and even begin to prepare the hearts of people for the Savior who would come. And Lord, what you want to teach us tonight through it, Jesus, in your name we pray. And again, we say it. Amen. All right, so let's get back to it, okay? So Isaiah 53. So that's obviously read the whole passage there. Just thought it was important. Uh, many of us are familiar with a lot of scriptures from that passage. Of course, most obviously, he was he was uh, he was um, he was bruised for he was he was. Um, it was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes were healed. Um, but all throughout those passages of Scripture, one of the things we see is everything that was or would be at that point, because Isaiah was speaking prophetically, would be done to Jesus. And the point of it is, everyone, that Jesus felt the pain of the world. Wouldn't they? This wasn't something where he came and, you know, came to earth and, you know, whenever he was born of Mary and grew up, when, when God revealed the Mount of Transfiguration, who he would be through his disciples. It, it wasn't like this thing where Jesus said, look, uh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be uh, crushed. I'm going to be led as a lamb to the slaughter and all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, and, and speaking all of those things, fulfilling all of the prophecies about Isaiah, which is what Jesus did when he came. But it wasn't like this deal where he kicked back on a lawn chair and said, look, I'm going to come and I'm going to sacrifice myself. But I'm going to go ahead and, you know, cash in all these uh, heavenly favors I have. And this is just going to be kind of like laying on a pillow for me, you know. No, not at all. Jesus felt the pain. He felt the pain of everything he went through. Um, for any of you who have ever seen, you know, that, that movie made in the early thousands, The Passion of the Christ, or if you've seen the Passion play before, or other depictions, right? it's a brutal thing, right? That's a, that's a pretty brutal depiction of what happened to Jesus. And yet we know, in fact, that if Hollywood or plays actually really depicted what was done to Jesus, we would be able to watch it. It would be, obviously, it would, it would be, uncom to say uncomfortable to our eyes would probably be another statement. It was incredibly brutal. It was incredibly painful. And it was a pain that Jesus felt, all right? Jesus went through it all. As such, he knows how it feels. Anybody ever used that phrase before, man? You just, you, you just don't know what I'm going through. I'll be the first to 
raise my hand. Has anybody ever said that to somebody before? And you just don't know what I'm going through. I appreciate how you're feeling. I appreciate you trying to, you know, because sometimes when you're going through it and people, you know, you just know they haven't gone through what you're going through, sometimes you just don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget this. A few years ago, I went and, and, and did some, some jail ministry, and, and I, was, uh, I was with a group of guys, and I walked up to somebody, and, uh, and I tried to start talking to them before I even said a word. Um, the guy just looked at me and said, have you ever been to prison before? I was like, no. He said, I don't want to hear a thing you have to say. Well, okay. Well, Jesus, move upon, you know, move upon the heart of somebody else. Because sometimes it's in your life when you're not ready to receive it, there's somebody, you're just not going to take it. Because you haven't been where I've been. You haven't walked through what I've walked through. You have nothing to say to this. Anybody ever felt that way before? Well, when we're talking about Jesus, he's been through it all. He's felt it all. There's not a single thing that we can go through that he hasn't been through or understood. He, literally, he took the weight of the world upon his shoulders. Anybody ever said that? Man, I just feel like I got the weight of the world on my shoulders, man. I just I got this going on and that going on and all these things. If you ever feel that way, just read Isaiah 53 and remember your day's not going that bad. All right? Now, that's not to minimize the things that we go through, but the point is, that's why the Bible says we have a Savior who is familiar with what we've been through. If nobody else in the world you feel like knows what you're going through, Jesus knows what we're going through because not only did he see it, did he live it, but he felt it. He knows what it feels like. You just don't know what it feels like. Jesus knows what it feels like. This world is broken. Can I get an amen? We live in a broken world because of sin. Therefore, we can rest assured things are going to happen to us. Not a question of if things will happen to us. It's only a question of what? When? When is something going to happen? Probably every last one of us, excuse me, in this room has had something happen to them where there has been a consequence that has brought about a wound, that has brought about a hurt, whether it be actually a physical wound or an emotional wound or a spiritual wound. It's not a matter of if those things are going to happen to us. It's only a matter of when. Because we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. And when those things happen to us, when those things happen and occur in our lives, we need healing from it. By His stripes, we were, we all said it, healed. So we know things are going to happen, and when they happen, we need healing, all right? Now, if you don't, here's, here's the thing, and this is where we're going to get into, the no pain, no gain. So we're not necessarily talking about lifting weights tonight, but the principle is what we're going to go there. How many of you understand that when you're going through something really hard, whether it be whether you've hurt yourself uh, in the natural or you've been hurt or hurt yourself emotionally or spiritually, when it hurts, we don't want to feel it. Amen? There's this natural aversion. It's just natural. It's a pain. Anybody wake up this morning and said, man, bring on the pain. I can't wait to go walk down the road and have a car drive by and clip me in the arm and rip this big gash on. Bring it on, man. Anybody ever, you know, woke up and, and felt that way? And, you know, and nobody really wakes up and says, man, I just can't wait for my best friend to stab me in the back. Bring it on, man. Bring it on. But it does happen. Again, all of us could raise our hands. All of us have probably experienced some sort of physical pain and some sort of emotional pain. And when it happens, and happen it does, we want to shy away from it. We want to, whether it's, I cannot believe they did that. And we either go away from the situation, or we pretend it didn't happen, or we call 
somebody else and we do something to distract us because why? We don't want to feel the pain of what was done to us. Okay? But it happened, it's ugly, and now we need healing from it. But here's the deal. If we don't feel it, we'll never know what it means to be healed from it. Let me say that again. If you don't feel it, you'll never know what it's like to be healed from it. Let's go back to that you know, illustration I just said. I'm, I'm walking down the road, minding my own business, and all of a sudden this car that's got something hanging off a trailer just walks by and just cuts a big dash in my arm. Ah, you know. Well, if I decide, you know, somehow I've got this just this strong enough willpower, right? And I just say, that doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt. Somehow, I'm able to convince my mind that I don't have this big gaping wound in my arm, and I just carry on like nothing ever happened, and I do nothing to it, right? Well, what's going to happen? That wound's going to, it's going to get infected, it's going to, I mean, you know, depending on, the, on the, the severity of the wound, it could cause damage to other parts of my body, all right? And if I just ignore it, then it's only going to get worse, okay? So it's not going to just go away. But if I, you know, it happens, I'm like, ah, that, ow, it hurts, oh my goodness, right? I run home, I bandage it up and all this stuff, and I, and I do what is necessary to treat that wound and to begin to bring about its healing. Well, as the days go on, it's going to be less and less. And all of a sudden, one morning, I'm going to wake up and go, oh, that doesn't hurt anymore. Why? Because I experienced and I, I accepted what had happened. I took in the pain. I did what was necessary to cleanse the wound. I did what was necessary to bring about healing. And now all of a sudden, it's gone. It's healed. And I no longer feel that pain. I know that I have been healed because I was willing to feel it. I was willing to accept it, right? It's the same thing in our lives with, the, with, with what happens. In our lives, but this is an interesting story, and my wife is here tonight, and you know, it, it'll just have to be kind of a bus sort of thing. All right, how many of you have dry eyes? Anybody have dry eyes? Need drops for eyes? Got a few of them. Okay, I have really dry eyes. I can't wear contacts. It's just one of those guys. I can only wear them for about four hours, and I gotta like literally peel them off. You know, it's just really dry eyes. So years ago, uh, we it was night time. We're getting ready for bed. I. I when our, our, uh, our bathroom service was getting ready for bed, and I just I surprised her. I came up behind her, I was like, ah, and then I paid for that dearly. She turned around, and I was like, ah, okay. And what happened was, you know, she jammed in the eye, and when she turned around, it's like, oh, okay. Anybody ever been poked in the eye before? It doesn't feel good, right? It's, it's uncomfortable, it hurts. Well, and, you know, she decided to inadvertently take it a step further, and her nail actually wound up gouging my eyeball a bit. And so, uh, so it created this wound, right? And I don't, okay, look, just to tell you guys how crazy it was, it dropped me to my knees. It made my nose run. It hurt so bad, okay? You know, you get poked in the eye or something, like, ah, it makes your eyes water, right, you know? And, um, well, this hurt so bad. I mean, my eyes were watering, and, like, my nose was watering, too. I mean, like, it just, like, it was really, really, it it was really painful. I was my own fault. Okay, so anyway, so what happened was, as a result of that, there was a cut on my actual eye. All right? And, um, and it was to say uncomfortable is putting it mildly. And so in the course of me trying to, I wound up having to go to the eye doctor for it, and, uh, and what wound up happening, a little quick little biology lesson, on your eye, you actually have layers that shed just like your skin does. Okay? Don't think you know that. And what happened was the cut that was made uh, below, you know, below the middle of my eye, as those layers would shed, the scar tissue that had been created uh, from the injury kept 
transferring down to the next layer of skin and to say it would cause irritation. And again, it's an understatement. So they tried to do this procedure uh, called a corneal scrape. Doesn't that sound so yummy? Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. Man, we're just rolling in it tonight. So they, they took the solution and tried to wipe away those layers of skin where it was to see if they could completely get rid of it so it wouldn't keep transferring down to the next layer. Well, it didn't work. And it was a whole long ordeal and then all that stuff. But every time that they would try to uh, examine my eye or do a procedure on it, they would do uh, instantly uh, what's called these numbing drops. Okay, that way they could mess up my eye, not cause me any discomfort, all that stuff, and they could take a look around and all that good. It's not like the drops that dilate your eyes; it's literally like numbing drops. And um, there was this lady uh, at the, the ophthalmologist's office that I was going to, who attended the church that I went to at the same time, and she was having some other just uh, eye issues, and we wound up talking at church a couple of Sundays later, and we were talking, and I remember as I was going through the healing process of this procedure, I remember thinking, man, I wish I had those numbing drops, right? And, uh, but of course, obviously, that's just something the doctors have. It's not something they wrote me a script for. It's not something they gave me opportunity, and why wouldn't they do that? Just to like, why not? Well, let's get to that. So me and this, this dear lady in our church, we were talking about it, and she tells me, Man, aren't those drops amazing? And I'm like, yes, oh my goodness, man, they just, they feel so good. And, uh, and she said, you know, uh, interesting story, I didn't know that you were, because they, it literally, it's kind of one of those things where it's like samples, right? You know, like, like saline solution samples. They go into the closet, they grab a little one, they do a couple of drops, and then they throw them away. And she's like, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to have them, so at the, the end of one of my appointments, I took what was left. And any time I started having pain, I would just put those drops in my eyes. That was so good. And my, my optometrist or ophthalmologist found out what I did. He was like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. And what he told her was, he said, if your eye does not sense the pain, it will not send that to the brain, and the brain cannot begin the healing process. And I remember when she said it. That's where this message was birthed in that moment. Because without recognizing the pain, without recognizing that something had happened and there was pain, without that happening, those signals being sent to the brain, the brain would not begin to do its natural course, its natural created course, which is to begin to administer healing. All she was doing was continuing to numb the injury, and as such, there was no acceptance of the pain, so the brain was not telling everything in the body, hey, there's something going on with that eye, we need to start working on a healing. She was delaying the healing by ignoring the pain. No pain, no gain. You with me? Good. Give that start. Let's pray and end it. No, good. There's more. All right. So obviously, but, but I, when she said it, it was just so profound, it struck me. And I'm telling you right now, it's just amazing how God's creation speaks to the amazingness of our Creator. How things that can go on inside of us can speak to natural principles in the body. So we can't numb the pain. Or it won't heal. There is a time to not want the pain. Ecclesiastes 3, and we, um, I have it, but just for the sake of time, we'll, we'll just talk about it. Even as Pastor said this, this past Sunday, seasons, and he even quoted from Ecclesiastes, by the way, there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a time to kill, but there's also a time to heal. There's a time to uh, tear down and a time to build up. So we know that obviously 
God made us. He knows our nature. He knows we shy away from pain. And there's a time where we go and we, we nurse our wounds, obviously. But we know that just as the Word says it, there's a time where that has to end. And the time of healing has to begin. Now, am I minimizing anyone's hurts and, and pains and occurrences here? Absolutely not. Everybody is on a different timetable, okay? The healing process works differently for me than it does for Sister Carla, than it does for Alicia, than it does for, for Amber. For me. It works different for all of us. But there is a time where we have to shift from nursing the wound and trying to hide from it to where we have to recognize, feel the pain, and let the healing process begin. If we want to stay healthy, we have to face the pain, push on, and get the healing. Psalm verse 30 uh, chapter 30, verse 5 says, Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So we know that there is a time of weeping. There's a time of, oh, oh I don't want to face it. I can't believe this happened. But there's a time where the sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. We sing the song, right? It's time to sing your song again. When, when God wakes us up and says, okay, this time of weeping, this time of weeping is over. It's time for me to shed some light on what has happened. Let's deal with it. Let's get that healing process started. So how can we get healing? Okay, two in the natural, two pretty obvious methods of healing. Okay, for just basic things, the first is band-aids and ointments. Anybody ever grabbed a band-aid and some neosporin before for a cut? I have. I just did it yesterday, okay? Now, that's our first one. So, Jeremiah 8.22, uh, Jesus goes by many names. There are many things that, that, are, that the Word of God calls him, but one of those is the balm of Gilead. And, Again, not to get into the, the, the historic lesson right now, but back in the days, there was uh, the land of Gilead. They, they did this ball, and obviously what it was, it was for healing. It was like a healing salve. And so Jesus, that's one of the ways that he's referred to as the healing ball of Gilead. Okay, So we know, we can look at it. That's one of the ways that we find healing, by applying that ball, by applying that to what has happened. First Peter 4, and verse 8 says that love covers a multitude of sins. Right? Jesus came on the cross, that a horrible, um, faced a horrible death, had incredibly brutal things done to him, all for us. It was the ultimate act of love. And because of that love, when we accept it, that love covers a multitude of sin. And we're not talking about, uh, you know, hiding things or not facing things, but where we say, Jesus, I want you to be over this situation. I want you to be over what has happened, God. I, I, I'm working up. I'm, I'm doing my best to face this and to get through this. But I can't do it without you. Obviously, I don't have the power to heal myself. You do. So, Lord, I just want you to come, and that's when we do that through prayer and, and all of that stuff. Lord, come and just, Lord, just, just come and bring your healing balm. Lord, come in the situation. Lord, just like a Holy Spirit band-aid, just cover what has been done. And Lord, get into that, get into that wound. And Lord, let's just work on that healing, right? We can let Jesus cover the things that have harmed us and hurt us, and we can even offer forgiveness or seek it out. But sometimes, and here's the second thing, so band-aids, ointments, but sometimes we know that there are wounds that go deeper than just a simple band-aid, right? All of us in here probably, if we would raise our hands and we're being honest, just that phrase, sometimes there are wounds that go too deep. There are hurts that have just gone further than just putting a just putting a cover in it. You know, if there's a there's been a piercing something you feel like in your soul where it's gone down, and we're not just talking a surface cut, man. Something in my life has has been like a dagger that has just gone deep, deep, deep into me, and a band-aid just not going to cut it. You know, for us, I'm sure we've all been there. And in those moments, the method of healing for that one of the, the medical methods is packing the wound. 
Has anybody ever had to pack a worm before? We'll, uh, but we, yeah, and, and, and so we'll get into this as to why and how this speaks to us, okay? So, because when we talk about just covering like a surface wound, something that has happened, many times the, 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 the covering and keeping it clean and a, and a salve or an ointment begins to go kind of from the top down, from the outside in, all right, and begins to heal that and bring about healing and your body does its work. But whenever we have to pack a wound, that is literal healing from the inside, okay? So, we can let Jesus, like we said, we can let Jesus cover those things, but sometimes we got to let him work from the inside out. Now, um, not just a cover up. How many of you are familiar, um, worship leader, very uh, popular in the 90s, by the name of Dennis Jernigan? You might know what I'm talking about, got a few of them. Okay, Dennis Jernigan, uh, the song There is a Fountain, uh, Who is a King, if any of you are familiar with that one, that Dennis wrote that. Wonderful worship leader, songwriter. Um, there's a book that he wrote a number of years ago um, where he recounts how he lives out on a farm and um, you know, has a large piece of property, and he was out there working on his tractor one day, and he had an implement attached to it, and it was a, a grader. Have you ever seen you know, uh, those implements that sit on the back of tractors with the large spikes that grade like a, a, a driveway or help grade and make the land level? And he tells how he was on the tractor, and he was all by himself, and he was trying to take this this big grater off the back of it by using the, you know, if you've ever seen a tractor before, raising the pneumatic arm and trying to get it off. And he's like, I shouldn't have been doing it by myself, but he was just going to try. And uh, something shifted, and the implement fell off the arm, and one of those spikes went into the back of his leg, like, like into the back of his leg and literally pinned him with this big, huge implement, and heavy implement, against his tractor. And... He's pinned there with this big old spike in the back of his leg. And he even says in the book, and somehow he's like, through some miracle, I was able to finally get it off of me. But at first, he's like, I'm going to die out here. <laughs> I'm going to die with a, with, a, you know, with a thing through my leg against my tractor all alone. But, you know, through the grace of God, he said I was able to get it off. But obviously, he was impaled, okay, in his legs. This is not just, you know, a little scrape on the arm like we were joking about at the beginning. This was a very deep, very large wound. And so what wound up having to happen was the doctor... In the process of healing, he would have to pack that open wound with gauze every day. And what the doctor told him was, Dennis, you have to make this thing bleed. Now, I don't know about you, I don't like that statement. You have to make this thing bleed, okay? Because what had happened, obviously, in, in deep wounds like that, if you just cover it and it, the top scabs over, well, then you've got all of this wound on the inside that is that is torn apart. There's 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 literally pieces of you inside underneath this covering that are not healed because they've been torn apart. And if you don't, what happens is, is he would pack that wound and every day at the pack and you have to pack it in with gauze. And then the doctor said, you have to remove that gauze and you have to make that wound bleed. You have to make it bleed because there is life in the blood. There is life in the blood. We sing about it. We read about it. And, and when we get to see things like this, even though it's a, a really painful occurrence, we get to see, again, the truth in action, the truth of God in action. The blood that Jesus shed brought life to us. But we know it to be true because in our own lives, when things bleed, what our, our, the, the blood that is there is trying to work and it's bringing life to that wound. And every time that he would take that gauze out, or with the same thing, you know, every time you remove that gauze and you make that wound bleed, it brings those, those you know, if you look at a, a big knife blade, right, that has cut you like this. Every time you do that, it brings those edges closer and closer and closer together. And there's life 
and the blood, and those two sides begin to join. And eventually, literally, the life-giving blood within you brings it back together, and healing is wrought. Now, is it a painful experience? Yes. Am I trying to teach some doom and gloom thing tonight? Absolutely not. But one of the things that God has reminded us is that, again, <laughs> Scripture even says it, in this world, you will have trouble, okay? But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So we talked about what band-aids and what saddle are. Obviously, that's prayer. That's going into the presence of God, letting that ball cover us. Well, whenever we're dealing with a situation, whenever we're dealing with a wound that is just too deep, something we have to pack, what in the spiritual realm do we pack the wounds with? We pack it with the Word of God. I don't know about you, I'll be the first to raise my hand. When I am low on my Bible reading, when I am low on my spending time with God, when I am low on my spiritual intake, I am much more susceptible to all kinds of nonsense. It is very hard for me to be angry with my situations or to lash out irrationally when I have been spending time in the presence of God. Amen? When I've been reading His Word, when I've been studying it, when I've been, and not just, you know, reading it so I can, you know, just, okay, well, I read my chapter for the day. When I'm really taking it in, it is, it is much harder for me to act in my flesh nature. It is much harder for me to get into those things when I have been taking in and packing things with the Word of God. And whenever that happens, the more we do it, the more we pack it, because we have, of course, obviously, our enemy is the father of... He's the father of all lies. Say it. He's the father of... And as we sit there in situations that have happened to us, it's easy, if we're not packing it with the Word, for the devil to come in and pack it with every other lie. And I can't believe he did that to you. And you just sit there with this open wound, thinking about what has happened, all the stuff. You know, it's, it's so easy. It's so much easier. I know this sounds crazy, but sometimes it's just easier to just live with it. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes when things happen, and sometimes it's easier to just live with the aggravation of it. And I know that sounds weird, but why, you know, when we say it in this place, it's like, why would that be easier? But we do it all the time. Sometimes it's easier to just sit with the hurt and be frustrated and angry about it and just let the devil come in and pack all this nonsense inside of an open wound instead of saying, you know what? I was done wrong, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have no idea why this happened, but I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to pack what has happened with the word, with the truth, and I'm going to let God heal this thing no matter how long it takes. Will it be painful sometimes? Will the process be kind of, you know, will we, look, the Bible says if we have all of our brother to go, that's not always comfortable. Can I get an amen? I don't like it. <laughs> okay? Sometimes there's just things that have happened and, it, and it's tough to deal with. But God said if we, if we let those things, obviously we just say it in the natural. If we don't, the things that we don't deal with remain unchanged or they heal improperly or they get infected and they turn into something worse. God is showing us, look, the things that, and let's just be honest, as the days are getting darker, it is getting more and more difficult to stand for the light. Amen? The, 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 the word that they propagate so much, everything that we say, you know, it's, it's a hate, or you're spewing hate, you're spewing hate, you're spewing hate. It's as the word, it's as the word says, they will call good evil, they will call evil good. As we proclaim the love of God, that is being called hate by the world. And again, not trying to be doom and gloom, but we know where our hope lies. Amen? As Pastor Mahalo says, I've read the end of the book, we win. 
It is the truth. And that is the truth that I'm holding on to. And that is the truth that helps me, even in those low times where things have happened. Like, God, look, Lord, I'm going to stand in this. This is a tough situation. But, Lord, I'm going to rely on you. And, I, Lord, whatever it takes, help me to walk in healing. Even if that means that the other situation, the other relationship, isn't healed. God wants to heal us first and then help us heal those situations, but we have to allow Him to do it. We have to let Him show us through the Word, through time, what it is we need to do. As we're coming into a close here, we place the Word in the wound, like we said before, and we let the love of God and the power of His Word guard against infection and the lies and the attacks of the enemy. Hebrews 4.12 talks about how the Word of God is alive that's powerful, right? Sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce through the heart and get right to the matter. The Word of God is living, it's active, just like the blood has life in it. The Word of God comes and it, and it all works together. There's a wonderful thing that God brings about a healing. And we have the results of healing, right? What are the results of healing in closing? First of all, health. Anybody a fan of health? I'm a fan of health. I want to be healthy. I know we do too. Proverbs 4, verses 23-22 talk about how the Word literally brings health to us. Now, here's a second thing, the results of healing. Sometimes it leaves scars. I have scars, you have scars, we have scars. But if we look at them in the light of what we've been talking about here, sometimes scars come and we can look at them. And once again, our enemy can go and say, look at that, look at you. It's, it's this happened to you and all that thing. But what God wants us to do is look at it through His eyes and say, what's here is a reminder that this didn't take me out. God brought me through it. Down to the Word, we can see it. John 20, verse 27. Jesus was the one who bore some scars. He was able to show His disciples, look, by these scars, you know who I am. By these scars, you know everything I said is now true. Everything. If it's true there, then everything I've said is true. And Isaiah, 4, uh, Isaiah 53, back to the beginning, by His stripes, we were healed. And he knows what we're going through, and he wants to take us through it. And the final thing, so health, scars, and the last thing is strength. Sometimes, whenever we go through healing processes, you know, you find people who, you know, there's been a bone that's broken and this kind of thing. The, the bone grows back. The, the bone grows together, and it's strong. It's strengthened. And there are sometimes there are wounds and things that we sustain that sometimes are weakened, but people you find, their resolve is strengthened. When something is weakened and we go through it with God, there is always a strengthening when we allow Him to take us through the process. James 1, verses 2 through 4, say, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you go through various trials, and then it rolls down all of the things that whenever we go through trials, and this means with the Lord, amen, because obviously He wants us to go through this with Him, because on our own, it just won't be the same. It'll be like me sitting there trying to put drops on a wound and just kind of get through it on my own. He said, counter all joy, brother, when you go through various trials. And that, that talks about God says that His joy is our strength. When we walk through difficult times in His strength, we know we find His joy. And on all of the things that counting at all joy produces, it produces godly things. And then final verse of Scripture is Acts 4, 23, all the way through 31. And again, for the sake of time, this 
this passage of Scripture, Peter and John have been imprisoned, right? This is right whenever the church is beginning to, to, to lift off the ground, at the ground level of the church, right? Peter and John, they're beginning to go and they're beginning to speak the name of Jesus and, and tell everyone this, the name of Jesus Christ who was crucified, who rose from the dead. We, we bear witness to these things. And, and the church is beginning to just, you know, just wake up from, from, from what God was wanting to establish and beginning to find its legs. And all of a sudden we see the religious leaders of the time looking to crush this. And, like, we've already gone through all this trouble trying to kill Jesus off. We ain't about to let you guys start talking about how good he is, and what do they do? They arrest Peter and John, and they bring them before the master, and they try to tell all kinds of, they try to put them all down, and finally they realize, well, there's nothing really that they can they can arrest them for. And so they release them, and basically they say, hey, listen, we're going to let you go. Don't you dare talk about this name of Jesus anymore, to which they reply, no offense intended, but we can't help but talk about the name of Jesus. And so when they're released, they go back to everyone, and they begin to say, what happened? Can you just imagine? Right? Can you just imagine? They come in the door, and they're like, hey, we heard you guys were arrested. Like, like, what do we do now? Well, I guess we're going to quit. Guess this Jesus thing is over with. The heat's getting turned up too much, guys. It was a good run. I'll see you at home. Talk later. Obviously, no, that's not what happened. What did it do? It strengthened the church. Whenever they began to see that they were coming against it, all it did was light the fire underneath the church. And, and we sit here today as a result of those things that happened in the book of Acts. Whenever there were wounds that tried to come from the enemy to destroy and wound the church, she only got stronger. Were there people that were separated across the shore? Obviously. Were there relationships that were fractured? Yes. But walking through healing and walking through the power of the cross, the church only got stronger. And what can we learn from that today? We can't cover up the pain in our lives. It was not something they shied away from. They're like, yeah, look through all of the Pauline epistles. Paul bears them proudly. I've been whipped. I've been shipwrecked. I've been this. I've been that. But nothing's going to stop me from proclaiming the good news of Jesus because I know what he did to me on that Damascus road all those years ago. I recognize it, and I, I, I proudly bear the scars because he's healed every single one of them and has made me stronger and resolved for him and for his purposes as a result of it. And so tonight, we close with that. We can't cover up the pain in our lives. God wants to apply his love to what has been done and bring healing so it can be gain to us, and we can continue to spread his healing to others. Amen? Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we know we, Lord, as your word says, we've already talked about it tonight, in this world, you will have trouble. God, we know that there will be pain in things we walk through, but we're so grateful, God, that when we walk with it, with you, God, we experience the gain the gain of knowing you in a greater way, the gain of seeing your healing work in our lives, the gain of you strengthening us, Lord, showing us something about a situation, Lord, so that we can help talk to that person that may have never listened to anyone else otherwise. Lord, the things that everyone in this room that they have been through, God, if there's anyone still walking through something, God, still going through a healing process right now, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to strengthen them through it, help them go through it with you, with your grace. And Lord, if there's any of us in this room tonight that have been trying to numb pain or trying to forget the hurts of a situation, Lord, that in your power and in your might, in your wisdom, Lord, and in your clarity, that you would show those things to us. Lord, show us how to walk through them with you, God, whether it's, Lord, applying that balm, spending time in your presence, and just letting God, our, our outlook and our mind be changed. And Lord, whether it's something deeper where, Lord, just 
what an extra amount of word just has to be packed into that. So, so Lord, leave no room for the enemy to come in. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, a hedge of protection around each and every one of our minds, God. For those that are walking through things, bring your truth, Lord, and let no lie of the enemy get through. I thank you that you are a healer. You are a restorer, God. It's what you do. You came to this earth to restore the broken. And we love you, God, and we will walk in your way. We will walk in your truth. And, Lord, if we fall, Lord, in your strength, we will get back up again. And I thank you for each and every person here tonight. Let your word go with us as we go out, Lord, until we meet again. We love you, Jesus. And, again, it's in that name above every name we pray. Everyone said amen and amen.